Today on Locked on Mariners, I get more and more inebriated during rehearsals for a live television commercial for a wellness tonic that's 23% alcohol. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. This is also one of the few episodes in which my best friend, Ethel Mertz, does not appear. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Rock Auto. Yes, that's right. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N or TLOP. And very easy to do. All you got to do is say, smart device. Would you please place a Locked On Mariners podcast, and again, Locked On team name here podcast for that matter. It was another tough loss last night. It was a bullpen game for the Mariners. It was supposed to be Marco Gonzalez's turn in the rotation. But with him and two other starters on the disabled list, Scott Service had no choice but to utilize a bullpen game. And it was actually very, very good aside from one very bad inning. That's not the story for me, though. The story was the Mariners' lack of offense. Again. Dean Kramer started for the Orioles, whom the Mariners roughed up last time uh, he faced them back on April 13th. And Kramer hadn't exactly been lights out in his other starts either. But last night, he was very good in his six innings of work. It was the first time since his major league debut last September 6th that he pitched that deep into a ball game. His uh, longest outing this year prior to last night had been four and two-thirds innings. Kramer gave up only two hits over six innings, walked two, and struck out four. He gave up a home run to Tom Murphy in the fifth inning on a low outside fastball. Murphy got the end of the bat on it, not the barrel, but he's a strong man and he was able to push it over the right center field wall. A fan out there walked over a little bit and casually made a perfect catch. That fan, by the way... The Ichi Meter Lady, Amy Franz. The original Ichi Meter is in the Hall of Fame. I've seen it. You know, I really should try to get her on the show. Ms. Franz, if you're listening, email the show. I'd love to talk to you. Anyways, that uh, was pretty much it for the Mariners' offense until the 8th inning. Former Mariner Sean Armstrong came in to pitch that inning and promptly walked Murphy on four pitches. And the pitches were not very close. After going 3-0 to Taylor Trammell, he snuck a fastball in there at the top of the zone, and Tram was taking all the way, take until the hitter, pitcher throws a strike, good, good, good on him, but he grounded into a force play on the next pitch. That brought up Mitch Hanniger, and he got something of a hanging slider, squared it up perfectly, and took it over the Oriole bullpen for a two-run home run and reminding everyone why Sean Armstrong was waived by the Mariners. The Mariners got three hits all game, those two home runs plus a Kyle Lewis single. Struck out nine times as well. The Mariners' offense has had its moments, but as a unit, they're just not getting the job done. Even against mediocre pitchers like Kramer, the M's can make mediocre pitchers look like Cy Young. They're 
bad right now. This is a bad offensive team. I spent the last year on this program saying that the young bats were ahead of the young arms. I no longer believe that is true. Pitching is what has clearly kept this team afloat. I don't know if Yusei Kikuchi can pitch like he did last time out the entire season, or if that was an anomaly. Justin Dunn has kind of been hit or miss. Chris Flexen, pardon me, has been both brilliant and terrible. The bullpen has been this team this team's strong point. The starting pitching does not always do its job, but the relief core has almost always done its job. And a lot of was asked of them yesterday. And aside from the eighth inning, they came up aces. Eric Swanson got the start and he retired all six batters he faced. He must not be stretched out enough at this time to have gone three innings, but when you're forced to put together a bullpen game, you will take what you can get, and they got a great effort from Swanson. He was very good once again. Domingo Tapia was next, and while he loaded the bases, he did get out of trouble without a run crossing the plate in his lone inning of work. Will Vest came in and pitched one and two-thirds, allowing two hits. Drew Steckenrider, who has cut his hair much shorter, boo, (laughs) pitched one and one-thirds innings, struck out two and did not allow a base runner. Next was Keenan Middleton for one inning. He was also very good. He struck out one, the final batter of the inning, and was a little pumped up afterwards. Anthony Misevich got the 8th inning, and this is where the wheels came off. He walked the first guy, then gave up a home run to Cedric Mullins, which just snuck over Mitch Hanniger's glove in right center field. He almost had it, gang. If he were six foot three instead of 6'2", he may have gotten it. It was that close. Anyways, Mullins' home run gave the O's a 2-1 lead at that point. Austin Hayes followed with a double, was advanced to third on a ground out, and then Anthony Masevich was removed from the game at that time in favor of Wyatt Mills. Michael Franco hit a sharp ground ball in the hole, almost past a drawn-in infield. J.P. Crawford made a great diving play to get to the ball, but Hayes was headed home on contact, and the much safer play Crawford had was the one that he decided to make, the throw to first base. Hayes scored, and while Crawford may have had a play on him at the plate looking at the replay, he made the right call. Throw the ball to first base and get the shore out. Ryan Mountcastle walked, then Freddie Galvez hit an opposite field home run to make the score 5-1. to one. And the pitch, honestly, was not terrible. It was at the knees, right on the outside corner, and he was still able to write it out for a two-run home run. Gotta give credit uh, to Galvez on that one. Pedro Severino struck out to put an end to that disastrous inning. Five runs, two walks, both of which scored two home runs. Not good. But aside from the third inning where Tapia loaded the bases, this really was the only bad inning from the bullpen all game. The Mariner offense once again did not support the pitching. I'm calling this a good game for the pitchers, considering it was a bullpen game. I've made this point on the show before, that you never know what you're going to get from a fresh reliever out of the bullpen, which is why I value starting pitching that can eat up a lot of innings. But by and large, the bullpen was fantastic yesterday, being pressed into duty for a full game, something that they're not used to do, something that they're not used to. Uh, These were the first runs Anthony Misevich had given up all season. He'd been stellar. His first bad outing came at an inopportune time. You know, what are you going to do? 
The story for me, again, is the lack of offense, not the top of the eighth inning. The Mariners are having trouble stringing hits together. They've had to rely far too much on the home run, which is not reliable. I'll talk about the next two games coming up in B-Block, but first, the trivia corner. Well, yesterday was the anniversary of Dan Wilson's Inside the Park Grand Slam. The Mariners were on the wrong side of an unusual Grand Slam on May 3rd, 1997, one year before Willie's Inside the Park Salami. I'll tell you about it after I tell you about Sports Trade. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Sports Trade takes fantasy sports to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they have just added the baseball platform, so check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two Two factors, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game, the more points scored, the higher their value goes, and also, good old-fashioned supply and demand, the more demand a player has, the higher their value will be. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside, or grab that blue-chip vet who's always been reliable. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and watch your portfolio grow in value. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Not really a trivia question today, but more of a trivia item, kind of bouncing off the trivia corner from yesterday's program. On Saturday, May 3rd, 1997, at the Kingdom, the Mariners got stomped by the Milwaukee Brewers. It was a 17-4 final, and judging by all the runs given up early in the game, I was guessing that Scott Sanders had gotten the start, but he didn't. It was Jeff Becero. But the notable Grand Slam I alluded to occurred in the ninth inning. It was already 13-4 at that point. Norm Charlton was on the bump, and a young infielder named Tim Unrow was at the dish. Not only was this Salami Unrow's first Major League home run, but he broke his bat while hitting it. A broken bat home run is unusual enough, but with all the other circumstances involved, it made it quite unusual. Coming up, who is starting tomorrow for the Mariners? It's Justin Dunn. Huh, I guess I don't have to do that story now. Maybe I'll gargle Stairway to Heaven instead. But before I do that, we're going to hear from Blue Nile. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Simply search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight. And fairly priced also, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. 
If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she will treasure for the rest of her days, you are definitely going to want to check this out. They will not be around long, however, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Not BrewNile. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. I think Brew Nile is an Egyptian brewery. Thank you, Joey Martin. Going to preview the next two games uh, for you here at B-Block, and I'll explain why that is in the next segment. Tomorrow, the Mariners will face Jorge Lopez, a six-year veteran who has a, had a largely mediocre career. He'll be making his sixth start of the season, and so far he's got a 7-4-8 earned run average, and he's walked nine hitters in 21 and two-thirds innings. He has yet to go longer than five innings in any game this season, and has not had a game in which he's given up fewer than two runs. He's also given up six home runs already, and his last start was the first of the season where he did not surrender a long ball. He's faced the Mariners twice in his career before, one start and one relief appearance. Six and one-thirds innings total, 2.84 ERA, six strikeouts, and two walks. He's only faced one batter in Seattle on June 18, 1999, as a member of the Royals. He struck out Daniel Vogelbach, looking, who is no longer a Mariner. Justin Dunn will oppose him. The one really good start he had was against these Orioles. So let's hope for a repeat performance. His third start in Boston was also good, and his last start, which was in Houston, was okay. We're not going to talk about his first start. Write it off, he's been much better since then. Wednesday is an afternoon game. A 12.40 p.m. start time in Seattle and Spokane, 3.40 p.m. in Baltimore and Silver Spring. John Means will start for the O's, and he's been very good this season so far. His worst start thus far has was against the Mariners in Baltimore, where he went just five innings and allowed three runs and two homers. If memory serves, he blew up in his final inning, but was very good up until that point. He's faced Seattle just one other time and has never pitched in Seattle. This will be Means' seventh start in 2021, and he has yet to lose a game. He's 3-0 with a 1.70 earned run average and a very good whip at 0.838. He has given up five home runs in his 37 innings, but he's walked only 10 and allowed 21 hits. Ratio-wise, that's 5.1 hits per nine and 2.4 walks per nine. Long ball's been the only bugaboo, but he pitches in Baltimore. It's a band box. Any starting pitcher's going to give up more home runs pitching in that ballpark than any other. He was an all-star in 2019 where he went 12-11, and 11, but had a 3.60 earned run average and a whip of 1.135. He was second in the Rookie of the Year voting that year, losing to Jordan Alvarez. Yusei Kikuchi will get the start for the Mariners, and I'm very excited to see what he can do. He was absolutely brilliant his last time out, a totally different pitcher than what we had seen in the past. He located his pitch 
stage as well. He mixed his repertoire up. He was disrupting hitters' timing. He fielded his position very well. He was economical with his pitch count. You could not have asked for anything more out of him. Kikuchi-san will be making his sixth start of the season. He did not face the Orioles when the M's were in Baltimore earlier this season, but he has faced Baltimore, Baltimore pardon me, once in his career. On June 29, 2009, he went six innings, allowed five hits and three runs, but he walked five. But that was the old Yusei Kikuchi. Let's see what this new and improved version can do against a lineup that has had its problems, you know, sort of like the Mariners have had. They've got some guys who are doing well, though. Cedric Mullins has not only been one of the most consistent players on the Orioles roster, he's been one of the most consistent players in the American League. He's hitting .333 thus far and leads the junior circuit with 38 base hits. He has 10 doubles and 5 home runs among those hits, and his full slap Line is 333, 389, 553. He went 5 for 3 yesterday. Geez, that's a lot of 3s and 5s, isn't it? Veteran Freddie Galvis has also done well after coming over as a free agent. He's hitting 265 with 3 home runs. It should be noted, though, that he does have a failed PED test under his belt. He was busted in 2012 and suspended 50 games. While their starting pitching has mostly been questionable, their bullpen has been better than their rotation. Going into yesterday, their bullpen ERA was 312, with a whip of, of just 1.193. However, they are walking a ton of hitters, 49 in 112 and a third innings, compared to 47 walks in 142 in a third innings by the starters. But both the starters and the relievers are serving up the long ball too often. Almost a homer and a half per nine innings for the entire staff. The Mariners' offensive numbers are actually worse than I thought. They've got the second lowest batting average in the American League at 207. Their 287 on base percentage is third lowest in the AL, and their 366 slugging is second lowest. Their 97 walks are fifth most in the American League, but they're third from the bottom with 196 hits, and their 286 strikeouts are fourth from the bottom. They've got work to do. Some bats might be starting to come around, though. Dylan Moore had a good series against the Angels. Tom Murphy has gained a little consistency of late as well. And remember, Kyle Lewis's season is really just beginning, so he's still settling in. Mitch Hanniger and Ty France are both slumping just a bit right now as their averages have fallen to 268 and 259 respectively. They're better than this. They showed it last year. Dylan Moore is not a 138 hitter. Tom Murphy is not a 148 hitter. Luis Torrens is not a 197 hitter. This is going to get better, but right now they're just not doing the job. Hopefully it gets better sooner rather than later, because the pitching can only bail them out of so many games. Do you have a question or a comment? I encourage you to send it over to LockdownMariners at gmail.com if you do. Questions and comments on any subject are encouraged. Just don't say anything that I would have to bleep, because it most likely would not make it onto the show. Coming up, what exciting event is taking place today? It's not, not the beginning of the minor league season. 
But first, this word from betonline.ag. I had to find the sponsor there. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. And lest you forget, the PBA playoffs are also in full swing, as are the Women's women's World Curling Championships. And there was a first that occurred on Sunday that I will touch on briefly in the next block. But in any case, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. That is a lot of initials. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or a mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in early May. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports with experts. Promo code locked on. And also this from Rock Auto, a family business which has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, no less. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It makes no sense. So go on over to rockauto.com right after this show is over to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. What's gotten into me? Rockauto.com, gang. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much once again, J.M. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason that I previewed the next two games uh, in the previous segment rather than just the one game is because there is going to be a show tomorrow. I, orig- I said yesterday that there was going to be no show at all on Wednesday. I've changed my mind. There will be a show tomorrow, but it's going to be an, a- an late afternoon, early evening show after the Mariners game is concluded. It's a 12.40 start time, remember that. Because tonight, I will be at Avista Stadium cheering on my hometown Spokane Indians to open up the Northwest League season. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. The minor league season starts today. The AAA season, however, starts on Thursday. That's the, where the Tacoma Rainiers play their AAA baseball, and they get their season started underway Thursday evening in Cheney Stadium. It'll be a home game versus the El Paso Chihuahuas at 7.05 p.m. Pacific time. And the minor leagues are doing it a little bit differently this year across, I think, across every single level. They're going to have this, they're going to play the same opponent for six games, have a travel day, go to a different city, play that team for six games, travel back home and play another team and so on down the line. So they got six versus the Chihuahuas, then they travel to Salt Lake to play the Osmonds for six games, then travel back to Tacoma to play the Round Rock Express. Some of the prospects that are on the Tacoma Rainiers rosters, some that you might recognize, pitcher Logan Gilbert, who may very well be up at the Major League level sometime this season, Johan Ramirez, who was a Rule 5 draft pick last year and spent the 
the entire shortened season at the major league level. Struck out a lot of guys, didn't give up a lot of hits, but gave up a lot of walks. He's in minor league ball this year. Cal Raleigh will also be in AAA Tacoma this year, as will be the big one, Jared Keldick. Well, not necessarily the big one, because I'm going to talk about uh, Julio Rodriguez here in just a little bit. But Jared Kelnick will be... uh, starting the season at least in AAA Tacoma. He's not yet on the uh, 40-man roster. Neither is Logan Gilbert. Both of them are expected to be up at the major league level at some point this season. Some other names that you might recognize, Aaron Fletcher uh, pitched a few games for the Mariners last season up at the Major League level, was not impressive, but he still needs to develop. Donovan Walton, Sunshine Superman, is will be playing for the Rainiers, as will Braden Bishop. Their manager is Christopher Negron, who used to play for the Mariners, I think about one half season, where he was kind of something of a telegram Sam Haggerty type. Could play any position, could hit for a little contact, and he is now a minor league manager in the Mariners system. Looking over some of the rest of the coaches on the Rainiers, Eric Young Jr. is one of their coaches. I remember his father playing. <laughs> Anyways, the Everett Aqua Sox get started tonight. They've got an away game versus the Hillsboro Hops, and they'll they'll play six games in Hillsboro. Then they will come home and start a six game series in Everett versus the Tri City Dust Devils at seven oh five PM Pacific time. Uh, some names that you rec- might recognize from this roster. The other big one, Julio Rodriguez. He will be right in Seattle's backyard. He can travel a few miles north to Everett to watch him play some Aqua Sox ball this season. Emerson Hancock and George Kirby. Both are starting pitchers who are recent draft choices. Zach Deloach is a recent draft choice, as is Caden Polkovich. And the Everett Aqua Sox play in the Northwest League I'm going to save the Spokane Indians for last. If you were in the Tri-Cities area, the Tri-City Dust Devils also get underway tonight. They've got a home game versus the Vancouver Canadiens, and then they travel to Everett. So if you're um, you know from the Tri-Cities but living in the Seattle area, you can watch your former hometown team in Everett starting the week of Tuesday, uh, May 11th. And then, ladies and gentlemen, yes, the Spokane Indians get started tonight at 6.30 p.m. against the Eugene Emeralds. Uh, Their six-game series will end on Sunday. Monday will be a travel day for advanced A-ball. And then the Spokane Indians will go to Vancouver and play the Canadians for six games. And then starting Tuesday, May 18th, the Everett Aqua Sox come to Spokane. I wish I could go to one of those games. I am going to tonight's game. I had to decide between going to opening night and seeing the Aqua Sox. I chose opening night. But in any case, the Aqua Sox are coming to town for a six-game series. I'm excited about that because one of those games is going to be televised, and that is going to be super fun to watch some of the future stars of the Mariners playing in my backyard Right up, the, right up the street in Spokane Valley, actually. Their stadium is in Spokane Valley, Washington, but they are the Spokane Indians, and I am so excited. One more quick thing before we wrap up for the day. History was made on Sunday at the World Women's Curling Championships. If you know how curling is scored, this is going to be very exciting to you. And if you don't, it's going to mean nothing. But in any case, in the Switzerland-Denmark game, Switzerland scored eight points in one end that had never been done in a world curling championships either in the women's game or in the men's game 13 to 4 was the final score in this one 13 is just an enormous score and eight points in one end is 
basically unheard of, especially at this world-class level. Congratulations to Silvana Tiranzoni and her Swiss curling team for making history at the Women's World Curling Championships. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That'll do it for this one, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me tomorrow to talk about the next two Mariners games. Remember, it's a late afternoon, early evening show. I'm not exactly sure what time it's going to be published. It depends on how long it takes me to record and edit, quite honestly. But my guests will be Sergeant Phil Fish, Rosie Jetson, and a salad bowl. That's a conversation that you do not want to miss. That might be the best panel we've had all season. So download, rate, and follow the Locked On Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app that you can think of so you never miss an episode. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the beginning of the minor league season. If you're in the Seattle area and want to go see the Everett Aqua Sox tonight, uh, go do well. They're probably sold out since the stadium's only 25% capacity. Just like a Vista Stadium is, only 1,700 people are going to be allowed into the ballpark. I'm lucky to be among them, or I consider myself lucky to be among them. I'm really looking forward to it. In addition to talking about the next two Mariners games on the next episode, I might talk about opening night just a little bit. Either way, join us for the next one, and in the interim, have a great day. This is Joey Martin for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.